This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Hit it. Welcome to Riffin' with Raph and AD. Coming to you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Now here's former Huskers, Chris Rapp and Aaron Davis. All right, we're back again on this Wednesday night. Riffin' with Raph and AD. AD, another week has passed. And what a weekend ahead. Holy cow. I can't wait. Hey, you know what, man? I'm excited for this weekend. Uh, a lot of different things. Obviously, the uh, spring game. Uh, a lot of the, the buddies are back. Boys are back in town, if you would. But we can't forget about the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger Woods returns. The hollowed grounds of Augusta. So there's a, there's a lot going on, man. I'm excited. But also, man, uh, this past weekend, man, Monday night, um, North Carolina KU, um, a game that a lot of people thought was over in the first half. You know, was four, they were up 16 points, I believe. Up 16 points and a comeback and win. You know, and I, I had no you know, horse in the race. I was pulling for, for uh, North Carolina for the simple fact that, you know, they hadn't been there in a while. No one gave them a shot. You know, they were eighth seed, et cetera. Eighth seed, et cetera. And, but with KU, they weren't going to just bow out like that. You know, they were just, they were just going to bow out like that. You know, so I'm, I'm excited for what's coming up. we got a great guest, uh, former Husker All-American Steve Taylor in the house. What's up, Steve-O? What's up, man? I was quiet. I didn't know if I was on the air yet. And What's up, North Carolina? Yes. Tar Heel? Yes. Not, I, not, not representing the old Big 8? Can you rock Chuck no. Jayhawk? That's like, <laughs> come on, no, come on. You know, they're no, you know, <laughs> That, see, I got a number of buddies who are KU Chad Beeman. Chad's a KU grad. Kenny Wallach was at my house watching the game, and he was going for North Carolina. Yes, yes. You said old conference. That's like hoping my old neighbor, who I didn't like that much anyway, does well. I, I don't want. I do, I do not want KU. And I, my, not my old neighbor. He's good people. That's all but, we had in the Big Eight, though. When it came to basketball, was KU. We had know, to represent. Now, no, come on, AD. I, see, that's almost like come being on. a Jasker. No, it's not. It's basketball. <laughs> you know, basketball. If it ain't in you. It ain't okay, for me. Okay, I feel you. I, I was but, feel you on that, but it's basketball. It's basketball. It's basketball. But I was the reason why I was going for North Carolina is because they were so deep. You know, they were eighth. They were, they were ranked so low. No one yeah. gave them a shot. Personally, I didn't think they'd make it to the thirty-two racket. Yeah. You know, thirty-two round, let alone for the championship. And I'm not a huge Carolina guy, but I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not I a like KU Carolina, guy. but I'm biased towards KU because they represented the Big Eight. And then also, my nephew was going to go to KU out of high school. Mm-hmm. He went pro, but. And so we went down there, and Roy Williams, that whole experience. And I actually experienced a rock chalk Jayhawk 
Yeah. And it, it's it's that that field house is it's pretty amazing. It is phenomenal. It's pretty amazing. So that's why I've always I've always liked that and and, and it's in the big age. So well, I forgive you for that. Well, I appreciate. <laughs> I forgive you for that. You're off the hook, I, I AD. I'm off the hook. <laughs> a little bit, you know. In Nebraska, no, we don't have too many national championships in basketball, so. I'll give you that pass. Yeah. You know, I'm just not a Bill Self fan, man. Well, the guy can coach. I ain't going to take nothing from him. See, I was, I was a Roy Williams guy. I love so, Roy Williams, man. Yeah, and so I like Larry Brown before him. Larry Brown. Absolutely. Yeah, Larry Brown. They just yeah. – but I can't – you can't take anything away from but man, them. They, I was, they got it done. I was, I was not very happy because I thought the Jayhawks was going to go down. Kenny left at halftime, and I was – So he thought it was over. I thought it was over. I didn't, I didn't even watch the second half. Mm-mm. I didn't realize they won until I went to work out the next day and saw. The she went to bed. Yeah, dude, I wasn't happy. With it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. First of all, dude, the game starts so late. It starts like. Oh no, man! It is too late. I, I do late. go to bed early. I go to bed yes. early, but I, I wake up early. Yeah. But I wasn't happy. There was a twenty-point deficit. Like the odds of them coming back were, were slim. And no, and, and Carolina controlled the game. You but know, anyway, I, so it was nice to wake up and go work out. And then watch the highlights, and my Jayhawks came back and won. You know what, though, man? I text Will like, right away. What did Kenny say back? <laughs> He's like, dude. <laughs> to those of you that are listening right now, if you want to text in and talk about your feelings regarding the KU uh, big comeback from come from behind, you can call us on the Honda of Lincoln hotline at 402-464-5685 or the Sartre Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. We're hanging out with former Husker All-American quarterback Steve Taylor, my man Chris Rapp. Chris, were you surprised by the comeback? Uh, yes and uh, no. I mean, it had never been done before, so that surpri- that's always yeah. surprising. Mm-hmm. However, after Charles Barkley unloaded on David McCormick at halftime, his analysis saying that there is no way he should be there and just not big enough on the inside and they shouldn't go. And, and the second half, he played amazing. So I guess it was one of those things maybe – karma maybe i don't know how, how you explain that but <laughs> right. sometimes when charles barkley goes off on somebody and then the second half i mean he was pretty much unstoppable in the middle and then it hurt to it you kind of have to wonder you know if north carolina's big man if he hadn't twisted his ankle yep. i mean he played decent but it wasn't you know he his shooting percentage was a little off and you have to think that you know if he didn't have that hurt ankle that you know what else more could he have mm-hmm. have given so it doesn't seem like he got a lot of lift obviously you know, they dominated the first first half. First they did. Crazy. Their points were coming easily. Yep. Carol, I mean, uh, JRs couldn't hit anything. Mm-hmm. They were out of sync. I mean, it, it did not look good. I mean, it just didn't. I was like, I don't know if they're going to pull it off. So I was like, and I was hoping they do that, but I didn't want to watch it because I mm-hmm. you know, didn't want to break my TV or nothing. So, <laughs> so uh, And then I got no skin in the game anyway. Right. But, um, you know, so it was nice to see my Jayhawks come back and get it done. You know, the reality is this. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a fan but also respect what respect is due. Self can coach. You're yes. down. You're down 16 points. I mean, and not just down. You're getting dominated. Yes. And for them to come, and and, K, and KU was very deep too. They can go about eight to ten deep on the, on their bench. You know, as far as squad. For them to come back and methodically just take bite sized chunks out of the league. And this is North Carolina. This is North this Carolina. Is, this is a team that's been there. The, the history is there. Right. So. They have the pedigree. They got the pedigree. They got the I mean, pedigree. But I, I really thought the coaching job, it's like I said, I'm not a fan, but you got to tip your hat. When respect is due, you tip Jayhawks. It. Rock, shock, Jayhawks. <laughs> <laughs> Cut his mic, please, when he starts doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Only for basketball. I love my, I love my husband's basketball. But we're, in the big, we're in the Big Ten now, so I can, I can root for the Jayhawks. Well, speaking yeah. of the Big Ten, we just disappeared in the tournament again. 
don't talk to me about the Big Ten. And, and I'm not a big fan of the Big Ten. I know. I mean, I respect them, but they – when I say fan, like, I think they are highly – they think a lot of themselves. Yeah. They think – we had this conversation. Yes, we had many and, times. And I made, I went out and made a wager on it. Many times. And I don't like to see it, but yep. for some reason, man, that's what happens. Consistently. Consistently. This so is not just a It word. is what it is. Kurt, do you think about this? You, okay, our last hope is kind of like Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi, you're our last hope. It was, it was, you know, it was Purdue, <laughs> and for Purdue to lose, who'd they end up losing to? Uh, Carter, St. Peter's, St. Pete's, Peter, which is a Cinderella team, but still, you don't lose to St. Pete's. I mean, talent wise, yeah. it shouldn't even been close it's, in that you're game. You're right. That's what I'm saying. The Big Ten consistently finds ways to lose in the. Big they games. have one legitimate school that has some history, maybe two, and that's that's Michigan and Michigan State. Yep. But when you when you try to throw the Purdue's, the Iowa, the Iowa's, even Illinois sometimes, you know, when you try to Wisconsin, Ohio State. even Ohio State, mm-hmm. when you try to throow them in, they're not like the North Carolinas, the KU, no, the no. Dukes. They're I don't no. think they're of that caliber. They're not. They're not the blue chip stock if you win those tournaments. But they want to think that they are. Yeah. For some reason, now maybe we just watch so much Big Ten stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always said, dude, they're they're not that good. Mm-hmm. And how we how they beat up on one another, how it's so physical and blah blah blah. And I'm like, bottom line with basketball is score points. Well, the team that will give a lot of respect to, they lost to somebody legit was Michigan State. They lost to Duke. Yeah, yeah. You know that Michigan was a legitimate State, and, loss. And, and Michigan, Michigan obviously have some. They, they got absolutely. Some, they're great two sports schools. I like to call it football and basketball. They, they hold their own. They represent. My bracket was done the first day <laughs> when Iowa lost. <laughs> you took Iowa. I don't. I don't even like Iowa. I'm just kind of looking at you know rosters. I had Iowa going to the uh, to the, uh, to the final eight. Oh, dude, to the elite eight. No, never. They no. lost that Thursday morning. I know. I was in Boise, Idaho. I was like, well, no need for me to watch it anymore. <laughs> I mean, not. as far as bracket, I had KU all the way. You had KU all the way. I had KU all the way. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> Raph, yep. what do you think the Big Ten needs to do basketball wise before we hop into? We're gonna hop into football here real quick. How how do they become legit in basketball? I mean, when it counts. I, I, that's hard to – I don't even know. You sound I, like one of their coaches right now, man. Yeah, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like, you know, I think what is gonna ha- what's going to happen is next year Nebraska basketball is going to make a run and they're going to bring the trophy back to Lincoln. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I like that. You know, I, 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 I love – That's confidence right I there. I love your confidence. I love the outlook. But I think the Big Ten, before they started getting legitimate, they they got to go deeper than just this. You got to go in the Final Four, win one, at least contend for uh, for a natty before we begin. They are too conservative with their players. Yep. I had, you need some dogs. I, I, had, I had this conversation. I was on a golf trip. I was on a golf trip in Arizona with some, some people that are very uh, football astute. And they were talking about Wisconsin, and they were talking about Iowa. And we're talking – Big red football in the West. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Wisconsin and those other teams. And we're going on, on, and on. And uh, I was like, first of all, if you and this is don't take this the wrong way. If you look at Iowa quarterbacks, they all look like Chuck Long. Chuck Long was a great quarterback way back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you who their quarterbacks were because they all look like Chuck Long, <laughs> right? They do. They all look like <laughs> Chuck Long, right? Uh, 15, 16, 12. Six four six whatever they all look mm-hmm. like Chuck Long right, Wisconsin, Wisconsin quarterbacks pretty much all look alike, all look alike right except for one, 
except for one. Russell. And that's Russell Wilson. Wilson. Mm-hmm. So and then said, Iowa had Brad Banks, so there was – except yeah. for one so with I him. So I said – I said, it's, mm-hmm. even like Nebraska, I said, you look at a recipe for success. When Wisconsin was successful, I mean, really successful, Russell Wilson was their quarterback. He was a dog, man. Exactly. So I'm like, why would you not continue to recruit quarterbacks like Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's Russell Wilson right? play for these days? Yeah, oh, right. I, as an example, I said, I said, look at this, right? <laughs> I said, just look at this for a minute. Look at Wisconsin running backs. They all look alike. Yep. Dogs. All look alike. All in the league. Yep. All have been very successful. Look at the and offensive they, line. And they keep recruiting. That type, yep. They keep recruiting running backs that yep. look like the guy the previous years. Shoot. So why would you not do that at the quarterback position? If you had a guy like Russell Wilson who can throw the ball and who can move around, why not recruit guys like that? So when you talk about Iowa's and Purdue's um, basketball teams, they pretty much all look alike, even Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. They all look alike. So you're going to get pretty much the same result. Yeah. Every now and then you may hit the lottery and they all jail like they did the one year they went to the Final Four, but Mm -hmm. that's – or whatever it was, that's like not going to happen, right? So why would you not do that? So – that is the problem with the Purdue's and the Iowa's and the Wisconsin's. They all look alike. You know, they, they have a system that works for them within the conference. You take it out the conference well, and then they struggle. If you want to win eight, yeah. nine, ten games in the conference yeah. or whatever yeah. and then lose. you got to recruit for a national. That's what you want. On a national that's scale. Yeah. That's what Even, they have. Even, you know, you, you think about, you know, North Carolina and KU. And KU is deep, man. I mean, we can go on and on and on the amount of talent they have there. But they just get it done. They got dogs. And I was surprised to see how many juniors and seniors. They're young. They had, they, they had a lot of juniors and seniors in their rosters. No. When they introduced no. them. No. When I, the, the starters, they were juniors. Yeah. They're young. But North Carolina is very young, North too. Carolina yeah. is going to be dangerous. Is, my yeah. point is, in this day and age, in basketball, to be that competitive, you normally are one and done. Yeah. yeah. Your players are there for a year or two, and they're yeah. done. These guys hung around, so they, they had depth. I you mean, know, that was. I mean, KU has a, a, a tendency to keep those guys a little longer. Exactly. And they recruit a lot of them. Exactly. So even if they get an occasional every two or three years it leaves, they just reload. They just reload. And that, sure. that deals one from their history of winning. And you know what? Speaking of winning, Steve, you won a lot of games. You know, I was looking at some of your stats, and we've known each other for years. In fact, yeah. a little background. Uh, Steve uh, gave him a pair of his shoes when I, when I was in high school, when I was in junior high, actually. Those converse? Middle school, those converse. <laughs> and when I put them on, I was like, no wonder he didn't want these suckers, man. Them jokers hurt, man. <laughs> but he signed them for me and everything. So me and Steve go back a long way. It's yes. like a big brother. You know, Steve. Tell us about, you know, a lot of the people listening know because, you know, the radio shows you've done in the yeah. past for a number of years, your game days were really, you really didn't get a chance to enjoy your game days as, how do I want to say it, as a fan fan without any responsibilities for a long time. I, how are you going to enjoy that this year? I, I've enjoyed it the last, well, since I went off the radio, actually. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't realize how much I missed until – I started reconnecting, hanging out with Mickey Joseph. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me all these stories of how much fun they had and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was trying to win football games. <laughs> I, mean, I, I played early. I wish I, wish I could have done all that, right? So right. You missed out on a lot of that. There, there, there are pros and cons and there's trade-offs. Yeah. You know, but uh, playing at such an early age, I had to grow up. And mm-hmm. I had to be serious to continue that, continue that, that, that tradition. And uh, we had – now I'm not. I, I don't like to say what, what it was like when I played, but there's no doubt if you compare our preseason schedule and the teams that we played 
at the height of their their teams and at, at the, t- the height of their their talent, we played the best one of the, the toughest schedules for two years, my junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Texas A&M's, the South Carolinas, the Arizona States, the UCLA's. I mean, we played these teams at, at their peak. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Michigan. Um, Michigan. I mean, we played those teams at the peak, and we won our fair share of games. And we played them back-to-back, mm-hmm. which is hard to do. So um, we held our own. We won a lot of games. We won some big ones. We lost some big ones, but we were very close. But um, I think we helped, we, helped, we helped you get those 94, 95, and 97 championships. Coach Osborne grew so much as a quarterback and the things they start doing and how they handled their players. It was just, watched, it was, it was just great to see. Well, we've always felt that um – and before you guys, it was the guys in the, uh, the early '80s, the yeah. '70s. So it was it was it was a constant Absolutely. building on the foundation to where um, each one teach one. Yeah, you the know, big, you guys would teach us the yeah. way of Nebraska. But before what the, I, what I tell people though, the and, and the big difference is that of course you had the Turner Gills and the Mike, you had the '83 '84 team. Mm-hmm. At that time, the national championship was more of a pie in the sky type of deal. Like if mm-hmm. you if you happen to win it, you won it, right? It wasn't like a goal setter, right? The 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 different was the difference was when when I was playing and when Broderick came and Leroy, we had such a swag that we started talking about it's okay to set a goal to be national championships, national champions. Because Coach Osmond would never set a goal like that. Mm-hmm. He set goals of you know do this, do that, this game, but he would never set a goal. Let's be national champions. He put that onus on us, guys. What do you want to do this year? Yeah, and then he started to change the narrative that it was okay to talk about the national championship. Right. It was okay to set that goal. Mm-hmm. And once you set those goals, you know how that is. You're yeah. doing this business. When you mm-hmm. set those goals, you, you strive to achieve them. That's right. You know? And so that was the biggest change. And that's what I saw watching it from afar. And, um, and then coach Osborne, of course, letting younger players play, not red shirting your sophomore year. Mm-hmm. If you had the talent, we got you on the field. You played at every position. All those things changed. Um, and the way he communicated with his players, he let his players be themselves. Right. I mean, right. He let them. He let them be themselves. You know, you didn't have to be too conservative and reserved and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And that took on a whole new life. Now you get, you have another side of that as well, mm-hmm. but you have a chance to optimize your potential. Right. And uh, and it was just nice to see that. And he was a psychology major or a doctor. Yeah. And he doctorate. did that. And, and um, so when you guys won those national championships, I felt like we were—I felt like I was part of it. Absolutely. I tell um, uh, Vashawn Johnson all the time because he's always throwing his three national championships in my face. <laughs> oh, right? BJ, Vashawn Jackson. Because I don't have any, right? And he said, "I said, well, dude, I got five. He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I got five. I got 71, 72, 94, 95, 97. I'm a Husker, dude. You selling yourself short." He didn't know what to say. <laughs> he didn't know what to say about that. He didn't know what to say. So anyway, no, it's. It's cool. So uh, no, it's just it's just been great. You yeah. know the the family of the of Nebraska. You know, once you're your family, your family. You know, like I said, I, I I totally relate when you're saying that we got five of them. You know, because Absolutely. each one taught one. Steve, tell us about though before your Nebraska days, growing up, Diego. Did you have aspirations? Was football more your thing, or was it baseball, or you didn't know quite yet? No. So tell us, growing up, baseball, Fresno. Baseball was my first love. I started playing baseball. When I was seven years old. And uh, that was my first love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't start playing football until I was like 10 or 11. And my brother, my, my older brother, Ronald, was a great baseball and football player. Awesome. I grew up saying I was never going to be as good as my brother, Ronald. Mm. Never. Right? I heard that from day one. Right? But baseball was my first love. Um, I was always good at football. Um, 
didn't really hit me until like maybe my my junior year when I when I went to San Diego and lived with my coach. I never lost a, f- a football game in Fresno. From ten, I left when I was sixteen. So ten to sixteen, I never lost a game. Wow. Pop Warner, you know, freshman and JV mm-hmm. never lost a game. We had a good class of guys, and then that's when I left and went to Southern California to live with my coach and, and played the school that Marcus Allen went to. So, and then I was I was I grew. I was play, I was play, I pitched. I played shortstop. And baseball was my first love. Mm-hmm. Now, my junior year after football, I was getting highly recruited. And I lived with my coach. And he was like, you're going to play football. You're not going to play baseball. You're not going to go play in the minor leagues and blah, blah, blah. So I wasn't allowed to talk to any professional scouts. They used to come to the games. Oh, wow. And he used to tell them, don't talk to Steve. He's going to play football. He's not going to go to minors, blah, blah, blah. And I, was, I didn't like that. And then they moved me from shortstop, second base. They moved me to the outfield. So I got a little bored out there. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I, I was a natural left-handed batter. I had a strong arm, oh, wow. and, I, and I could hit, right? So I snuck out and took the test to be drafted, right? <laughs> I did. I went to McDonald's and met the scout. And it's weird, that right? That sounds and, shady. Yeah, I went to is, McDonald's right? so, to meet the scout. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up being drafted out of high school uh, by the New York Yankees, oh, right? Wow. And they offered me a pretty good bonus, you know, and you get your monthly salary, but you go to minors. But I never entertained it because, you know, when you got – when you're a blue chipper and you're being recruited by all these schools and – you know, I couldn't say no to football, and I loved yeah, it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of my story. So then I signed with Nebraska. Now, I tried to play, like, going into my junior year when I was at Nebraska. I wanted to talk to Coach Osborne and wanted to play baseball because that's when Bo Jackson was doing the dual, the, mm-hmm. the dual thing. Deion Sanders was doing the dual thing, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do it. And I went to Coach, and he said, Steve, you know, we, got, we have a legitimate chance to win the national championship. We'd like to have you here for spring ball. He said, Turner Gill, Turner Gill did it. And it, it, it didn't work out that well. I said, well, I'm, I'm, be- I'm a better baseball player than Turner Gill. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a natural left-handed batter, and I played outfield. No. <laughs> no, no disrespect, right? But I was like, I can- man, you know, and, and at that time, I remember seeing the baseball players playing in frigid cold weathers and cleaning the field and getting on bus rides to go to Oklahoma, Texas, and you know, we fly charter, right? Right. I didn't want to do that. So I got, I got, I got to own that. So I said, cool, coach, I'm not going to do it. And uh, so I didn't play. I didn't play in, um, I didn't play in high school. I mean, I didn't play in college. So then my career, I was up in Canada, and um, the Edmonton Eskimos had a minor league team, uh, AAA, and the Calgary St. Calgary St. Peter's, and Calgary had a, had the Cannons and stuff. And that's when Ken Griffey Jr. was playing. Yeah. And Ken Griffey Jr. came out the same year I came out of high school. He was drafted. Like, he was the first pick, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew. And a friend of ours who played was friends with him. So we went down and watched him play. Well, anyway, I was playing football, and I was kind of backing up Doug Flutie. So I was like, I'm going to try to play baseball. So I called my agent. He said, hey, I want to try out for baseball. And he said, Steve, I know you want to play, and you're watching guys that you play with. They're in the, they're in the major leagues, like Keith Mitchell, Tommy Gooden, Goodwin. They all play behind me growing mm-hmm. up, right? And he said, Steve, you haven't looked at a curveball in 20 years. You know, it would be <laughs> tough. And so I passed it again. So it just wasn't meant to be. But I right. couldn't complain because my pro career in the CFL was okay and all this stuff. So I really couldn't complain. But right. baseball was always, always my first love. I love it. It was always my first love. All right, so let's go back to your high school years real quick. Whoa. You said that you'd went to the same high school as Marcus Allen. Yes. But I believe there was another running back that went there too, played for the Denver Broncos. He yes. was fairly decent. But what I was wondering was, you played quarterback in high school or did you play running back? I played quarterback. You played quarterback. I was always a quarterback. And you I, averaged 11.2 yards a carry, I believe, to yeah. break Marcus Allen's rushing yeah. average. That's pretty yeah, cool. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty, you know – and Damon Allen's Marcus Allen's brother. Yeah, and you broke Damon, his passing, I believe. Damon is, is a Hall of Famer in the CFL, and, and, a, and he. I always ask him, dude, why did you not go to the NFL? You know, 
I mean, and I had this conversation with him two years ago because this dude can flat out run. You think Marcus can run? Damon can run, and Damon could throw the ball as well as anyone. But he was only about 175, 180 pounds, and he's like, you know, six one maybe, right? Six feet, six one, and he played 20 years in the CFL and won several Grey Cups. But anyway, um, you know, Lincoln and San Diego recruit. They've had great players. That's the reason why I went there was because they turned out some great players, and I was just fortunate, you know. So I sacrificed because I lived with my coach for two years, and I was in prison, and uh, I left all my buddies in Fresno. So I gave up a lot of a lot of things to do that, and I, I, I can never complain because of what, what, what my career has done for me, but I did miss out on a lot of things, you know, because you miss those guys that you grew up with since you're 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. And although I'm from San Diego, I mean, I'm from Fresno and lived in San Diego, I never felt like I was from San Diego because – I didn't go through their Pop Warner system. You know, I wasn't really one of them. But they they embraced me and they accepted me because I was a good player. So, you know, that, that's always a conflict. And then when I was playing at Nebraska, my mom didn't like it because they said I was from California <laughs> and I was really from Fresno, you know. <laughs> she didn't like it too that they changed my name from Steven to Steve, you know. So, so uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, she was not happy about it. You went up there and you changed your name. I said, Mama, it just, they just start calling me Steve, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, no, it's uh, – so those were some really difficult times for me because I, I did actually struggled with that. You know, when I went home, where did I go? Did I go to San Diego? Do I go to Fresno? You know, because you lose contact with a lot of those guys and, and so forth. So I, I went back and forth for a while. But probably the last 30 years, I've just really come to terms that I, I'm really from Fresno. You know, I'm, I played with Icky Woods, mm-hmm. Tim McDonald. You know, those guys I grew up with. And uh, so that's really that's – where, that's where my roots are. Well, folks, that was the first part with former Husker All-American quarterback Steve Taylor. We have plenty more coming to you. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back here in a minute with Riffin' with Rav and AD. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 live stream workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops. 